This podcast brought to you by Basecrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Thanks for uh, agreeing to uh, spend the time with us this morning to uh, discuss Swimply. My pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Basically, the idea of uh, an Airbnb for swimming pools, I think it's a fascinating concept. Um, I've read a lot about what you've been doing. Uh, I saw the piece in Shark Tank and Today. And So tell me a little bit more about um, how, how you guys first came up with the concept of Swimply. Sure. Uh, gladly. So, uh, you know, we're a marketplace and um, there's two sides to every marketplace. There's the host and the guest, right? The buyer, the seller. And that's sort of how Swimply began from two sides of the marketplace. So you have uh, my co-founder, Bunham, who you may have seen on Shark Tank and myself. And uh, Bunham was looking for a pool, looking for a way to keep his younger siblings entertained in the hot uh, you know, New Jersey summer. I just bought my first home with the pool. And I was on the other side of the equation, kind of frustrated with all the friends, family, neighbors, you know, long lost relatives who wanted to use my pool. And I had no intention of monetizing it. it never occurred to me, honestly. Um, but I was looking for a scheduling platform. So sort of like a Calendly, you know, for pools. So I wouldn't have to deal with all the uh, phone calls, texts and emails, you know, who's, which cousin or which neighbor is using my pool today. Right. And, and secondly, what I wanted was some sort of liability coverage. I wanted some protection because I knew from a very basic amount of research that I was not going to be covered. And um, that's it. So we met at a uh, networking event that I had thrown actually here in New York and I uh, had a pitch competition for, you know, best concept. I was giving, you know, through one of my uh, businesses, I, I own a, um, a branding agency and I was offering, you know, free branding work and a bunch of my co-founder pitched me on the concept and I th- thought he was crazy. Uh, ultimately started to, you know, talk and spend time together and started to really be convinced of the possibility of this working. Uh, did a small test just by going on Google Earth, looking for big blue splotches from the sky, knocked on lots of doors, get kicked out of lots of homes, got a couple of pools to sign up in New Jersey, uh, built a website that wasn't even really very functional. Uh, couldn't make a booking, but you can call us and we were able to get you into a pool and uh, word spread and uh, some media attention helped and it kind of blew up. And within weeks, we had thousands of strangers swimming in strangers pools. At that point, uh, we realized, okay, we should build a company. And we decided to, uh, well, first of all, I had to step down from other companies, other board seats and all that, to focus on this. And I did that. We raised a pre-seed round of capital. Um, and we built out our you know, MVP. Goal was to launch in the summer of 2019. And uh, soft launch, learn as much as we can from the marketplace. What do, what do people want to see in our product? Uh, and then tear it all down, raise another round and build it. Uh, you know, for a proper launch 2020. That was our plan. Uh, so it sort of happened pretty much like that. So 2019 went really well, uh, that, that soft launch. We had a tremendous amount of interest. We could only meet maybe 10 to 15% of the demand on the platform. It was just ridiculous. We had so little supply. But it helped set the stage. We learned a lot about what people want, what, what people didn't want. We tore everything down and we rebuilt it. Uh, the plan was to raise a seed round to cover our launch, a $3 million seed round the first week of March. First week of March came, COVID came, killed that, and uh, we were at a. I was going to ask you how how COVID impacted your your yeah yeah yeah. So I'll just segue right into that. So what happened was it turns out that we caught huge tailwinds from from COVID. You know we were offering a truly contactless experience. It was safe. The CDC declared that pools are safe from COVID. It's outdoors, right? Social distant and all that, and like uh, it made sense and really was very relevant for the time. And we grew by. 
uh, close to 5,000% year over year, about 4,500% year over year without spending a penny um, in marketing. And uh, that quickly attracted venture capital. And, um, you know, from there, we started to grow out our team. And now we're gearing up for our, you know, second season, uh, which is pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, while COVID was very helpful in terms of the, the, the guest side, the swimmer side, it was very unhelpful when it came to these hosts, the supply side of the I, I would uh, marketplace. So, yeah. Yeah. So at first we lost most of our hosts. They just said, hey, we're not comfortable with this. And then as we educated them, as things started to settle down, we, they started to come back on, online. But right. the growth that we experienced was in spite of the fact that we had so few hosts. So just do the math. And then, you know, if we lost 80% of our supply, it still grew by four and a half thousand percent. Just imagine what would happen if we didn't lose our supply. So uh, there's clearly what they call a product market fit over here. And uh, we're just sort of filling a need that seems to be pent up already. Yeah. Getting to the homeowner and the host side of things, I mean, it seems like a great side hustle for a, for a homeowner or a great way to you know recoup your or monetize your pool investment. But um, is there any kind of like special insurance that um, homeowners have to carry in order to be a host that um, kind of like negates the profit that they would receive uh, from from being a, a host to begin with? Uh, no, uh, there is no, well, until now, until we came along, there was no insurance product for this. We, we created one. It took us two years. Uh, okay. And uh, we had an insurance product that wasn't, you know, as great as what we were hoping for. And now we've got one uh, as of actually this week, last week, we just uh, turned on uh, a $1 million policy. Um, so now we're covering our host completely and uh, at no additional cost. Um, will that change at some point? Will, will we start charging for insurance? Possibly, you know, might add on a fee to the bookings at some point, like many other marketplaces do. For, for this year, though, we are expecting to take a loss on that. And it's just our way of trying to make the entire pool ecosystem a lot safer. And it doesn't exist. I mean, there are tons of people who have guests, you know, friends or are renting out their pools, you know, uh, offline. And right. they're not covered. They're just not. And people are, are not aware of this. So, you know, for us, I'd say the biggest accomplishment we've made so far was getting the insurance industry to back us up. That was the biggest deal. And we just went live April 15th with the new policy. And that's all covered within the commission structure that you set up on. Uh, that's right. On the rev share. That's right. That's, that's right. So hosts, hosts pay 15%. Uh, well, we take a 15%, you know, take rate from the host and we charge consumers 10%. It's very, very similar to other, you know, marketplaces. Uh, the thing that's interesting about what we're doing is that hosts or pool owners don't have to do anything, right? It's not like Airbnb where you're running a, basically a hotel, right? You need, mm -hmm. you need to change the linens. There's a lot of wear and tear on your, on your house and the paint, and, you know, the electricity, all that. Like we have, there's nothing. It's like you go outdoors, you go into the pool, you leave the pool. There's no trace left behind. It's like the pool cleans up more or less after itself. It's called chlorine. And it's, you can't really steal a pool, you know, good luck trying. You can't really break a pool. So um, it's very seamless. So our host, myself included, by the way, my pool is uh, one of the first ones on the platform. Mm -hmm. um, so I know very much firsthand. It's, it doesn't require any effort. And uh, we have hosts that are earning, this, this year will earn six figures from their pools. You know, I, I've earned uh, five figures from my pool easily. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is very cool. Um, let me ask you some questions about who is using the app to book pools. Do you find it's uh, 
it's more um, other homeowners that don't have a pool or is it uh, teenagers or is there kind of some kind of uh, structure in place to kind of uh, vet sure. who uh, hosts allow to use their property? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is like all marketplaces, number one, we have, there's, there's built in, you know, software, you know, vetting software, we do background checks. That's the first thing. Second thing we have for security, for trust and safety is like every marketplace, we have user generated reviews, right? So anyone who uh, is not an ideal guest or host is going to be kicked off the platform very quickly. As soon as there's one, one negative review, they're gone. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, we're very, very, we have a very pristine platform. Uh, we're, in early days, you've got to be, right? Maybe later on, it can be a little bit more relaxed. But at this stage, you want to have really tight trust and safety um, and to get this thing off the off the ground. The next thing is that the hosts have 100% total control over their bookings, right? They decide who gets to come to their pool. And right. if they don't like somebody, they don't want someone, they're incoming, right? And they can, you know, they can reach out to them. They can talk to them on, on through the chat platform and just ask them any questions they want. Uh, and then lastly, no kids can book a pool. You have to be 21 years old to book a pool. Um, and, you know, that's that's something which we just raised from 18 to 21, actually, um, which just we felt like would add even uh, a little bit, a little bit, um, you know, more, more safe. Um, and then to answer your question, who are the people actually using the platform? Uh, it's primarily families, right? So it's like, you know, uh, mom and dad or mom with a couple of kids, you know, uh, want to get out. Uh, that's the most common usage um, of our app. The After that, we've got a lot of people using it for exercise, a lot of more elderly people looking to do like aquatic therapy, um, you know, physical therapy, just regular uh, swimming, uh, sometimes in a group, but like, you know, older, older folks looking to, um, you know, exercise on a regular basis. Uh, that's very, very common. We do have lots of birthday parties, you know, kids' birthday parties, is a very popular use case, lots of doggy parties, uh, I know my own pool, I've had scientists testing underwater drones and there's, there's been weddings and baptisms. And I mean, you name it, there's a tremendous amount of diversity as to the reason why people want to book a pool. It's not necessarily about getting wet. Very often it's about the space. It's about the outdoor you know, component for a barbecue or you know, for a family graduation or you know, lots of birthdays, as I mentioned before. So it's really very, it's wide open. But again, the primary use case are families. So it's like a parent, or, or two parents and you know some children. That's the most common use case. So mm -hmm. what would you suggest some systems that homeowners put in place, all right, so that they can um, not only maximize uh, their return on investment using Swimply, all right, but to ensure the safety of uh, the guests and to uh, ensure that their property is, uh, is being respected and, and well-maintained by the guests? Sure. Uh, the first thing is, um, you know, I'd say look for, we have something called multi-dip. Multi-dip is like um, a function that allows people like regular, you know, regulars to come to your pool. Like I have someone in my pool comes twice a week to exercise, right? We right. got to know each other, right? The multi-dip, it, it lowers the pricing if they're booking on a more regular basis. These are people that you know, they're regulars. Right. And um, that's like, you know, the most comfortable type of booking. Right. So you, you're like, no surprises. Um, it's the easiest way to uh, have built in recurring revenue um, that's predictable and and, um, and comes with the least amount of potential headaches. Um, 
the next thing you want to do is is um, you really want to think about number one, if you're if you're a neighbor, if you have neighbors, you're living close to other people, you want to limit potentially the amount of uh, bookings, you know, the, the number of people allowed at your bookings, right? So you don't want to have 30, 40 people come because then you'll have okay. five, 10 cars. Or maybe you want to tell people you can have maximum 10 people, 12 people, whatever the number is, but you can only bring one or two cars. Like you, you can set all these parameters. You want to like carefully during the onboarding process, make sure that you're you're setting the rules that you're comfortable with. And then if over time you want to relax those rules, that makes sense. But start with a little bit more strict, I would say, um, just to make sure. Um, and then if you want to maximize the revenue, then there's a couple of things you want to do. First of all, is you want to make sure your photography is good. Take a few minutes and actually take some time to take pictures. I mean, that's going to be one of the most important drivers of, of uh, growth and revenue. And yeah. then uh, you definitely want to offer bathroom access. <laughs> that's going to make all the difference. If you have um, an outdoor bathroom, then great. It's easy. If you don't, then try to find often an adjacent bathroom. Like I have like a den that ad that's adjacent to the pool area. I dedicate that bathroom exclusively for simply guests. It's clean regularly. And that bathroom allows people to stay more than an hour, right? If you're, if you're renting a, a pool that doesn't have a bathroom, no one's going to stay more than an hour, maybe two hours. And then definitely not going to bring more than one or two people with them. Right. So you'll get small bookings. You'll make some money, but you won't make, you know, the, the, the real money without offering bathroom access. So that's a, just a suggestion. We have hosts who are renting, you know, beautiful high-end porta potties, you know, for 80 bucks a month or something like that um, because they're generating so much revenue. You know, it makes sense. Um, and then last thing is responsiveness. That's the, uh, I'd say probably the single biggest indicator of success on the platform is how quickly you respond to people when they message you and they reach out to you, just like any other platform. If you're responsive, you'll get bookings, uh, you know, without a doubt. Great. All right. Um, I have a, just a couple more questions and they mainly sure. pertain to like um, uh, in ground, above ground pools, who, who qualifies to be able to use Swimply? Sure. Uh, so we'll, I'll start with what's not included. We, we are not yet accepting commercial properties, right? We have a long wait list of commercial properties. So hotels or multifamily housing, those are great. And maybe one day in the next year or so, we will turn that on. For now, it's just ex exclusively private property. Um, and of course, in-ground pools are most popular. We do, and they're more expensive. We do have plenty of above-ground pools, especially ones that are built into some sort of deck. Those are very successful as well. We even started allowing some hot tubs on just, you know, for people, uh, especially in colder areas. So we've got some of those going on too. Uh, but not, we're not yet just allowing any hot tub, but it depends on the hot tub and where it's located. Um, so I'd say that, um, yes, above-ground is going to be higher priced. Um, but I'm sorry, in ground higher priced, um, and above ground will get lower price. We'll command a lower price, but you can still get plenty of bookings at, a, at above ground pools. In fact, some of our, some of the states, you know, above ground are more popular than in ground. Maybe it's just a matter of availability, but, um, I'd say that's the biggest, uh, thing to know. Okay. What are some of the lessons that you guys learned from your soft launch and your hard launch? I mean, you said that, you know, you had some stumbling points and some setbacks. What were some of the things that you learned that helped you refine the product? Sure. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot, um, you know, give me one second. Let me just shut off my, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, great. Um, we learned a lot of things. I mean, uh, the first thing I, I covered a few of the things that we learned. One of them I just mentioned was we didn't know who was using the platform, right? We did not know what they wanted. And what we learned was that there's really two different types of users. There's the user who's looking for just an escape, you know, a local escape. 
And there's a, that's like the families, et cetera. Then you have users looking for events. So we had event-based bookings and women-based bookings, we call them. People want like just to hop in a pool within the next hour. And people want to plan a birthday party three months from now, right? So it's completely two completely different types of users and they need the two different types of experiences. How do you build a platform that can accommodate both? I think that was one of the biggest things that we, we learned that the, that the use cases are so diverse, right? And uh, therefore we need to build our product to accommodate as best as we can. That was a big one. Pricing was a big one too. People have no idea how to price a pool because it's never been done before. When it came to Airbnb, there's a relative comparison you can make to a hotel room, right? You know, a hotel room costs two, 300 bucks a night. You know, you start there, right? Um, but when it came to pools, we had people who were pricing pools in 2019 that summer for like $300 an hour. And we're like, there's no one's going to pay you that. And then we had people pricing their pools at $15 an hour. They were getting ridiculous amounts of bookings, but they were not, they were not optimizing, right? So we, that's something that we learned a lot about as well. Uh, how to price a pool properly. And we built algorithms around, you know, smart pricing and, and you know, helping, helping uh, hosts figure out what the best price is based on their location, based on the amenities, et cetera. So I think those are some of the biggest learnings. I, I'm positive that not enough people actually even know this thing exists, you know? Yeah, that's for sure true. Uh, word is getting out, but not as fast as, as it can. And uh, this is, in a way, really disrupting the whole aquatic industries, as far as we see. You know, we're we're partnered with or in talks with, I'd say, uh, most of the major companies in the aquatic ecosystem, because the industry, as you know, I'm sure, is, faces some pretty considerable challenges, and it's been this way for many years. Number one, there has been no innovation, right? Maybe a little bit in the hardware side, things have improved, but software, almost no innovation in the last hundred years. You know, I know that my pool still gets cleaned once a week by, you know, a pool maintenance guy with his truck who pulls up here and it's cash and checks and, you know, pink slips and all that. And it's like, come on, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? Yeah, I mean, some of, some of these guys, you know, they're, they're more forward thinking. You know, I talk with a lot of different people in the industry, so I, I get all different spectrums. Like, some of these guys are very tech savvy. You know, I mean, so tech savvy that they build their own website, they run their own marketing, you know, they're, they're wearing a million hats and right. they, they get right. it, you know, um, like these guys will do before and after photo on every visit. They'll do right. e-tickets, right. you know, they have right. a CRM system. They, these guys are very, very savvy. And then there's other guys that, you know, they do hand drawings when they go to build a pool and it's written on a right. cocktail napkin and <laughs> they, they, they yeah. show up with, you know, a t-shirt and, and a sandal, you know. Yeah. it's all mixed in this industry you know so you get all different parts of it but um yeah i definitely understand where you're coming from totally totally and i think you know just to take that one step further you know we see ourselves as potentially or already actually uh injecting a an, a layer of of technology innovation into the entire ecosystem which will allow for a lot of changes to be made right so first of all we see this as a fundamental issue that when it comes to pool owners, because it's a very depreciating asset, it costs you thousands of dollars a year to maintain, and you're only using maybe 10, 15% of its available time, hosts or homeowners are very, very hesitant to spend money on their, on their pools. And that in turn affects the entire industry, right? Now, what we're doing is, is sort of reducing or removing entirely the financial anxiety of pool ownership, right? And what I know for myself, again, personally speaking, is I've invested at least $10,000 into my own pool and or backyard because, hey, I'm making money on this thing. Let me reinvest. Now, all that money goes back into the system, right? And uh, will for sure have a major impact uh, 
on the broader aquatic, um, you know, ecosystem. So I think that's that's what we're trying to accomplish here, um, and uh, I think it's already happening, but to a small to a small degree. And as we continue to grow, I think uh, we'll see the sort of chain reaction uh, results from having you know a lot more um, you know homeowners, pool owners that are turning a profit from their pool. Like that's going to change things uh, for the whole industry. So we're excited to see that happen. Thanks for joining our podcast today. That was Asher Weinberger, co-founder and COO of Swimply. Please make sure to subscribe and make sure to follow us on our Instagram at poolmagazine.com.